as I've mentioned, the government plans to repeal the ailing RMA for new legislation by the next election. It will eventually slash and merge the 100-plus plans produced under the RMA to just 15. The transition is expected to take roughly 10 years. It's expected to cut costs to users by almost $150 million a year, as well as shorten the length of time it takes to get a building consent. But will the new system stack up? Mount Hobson Group is a specialist urban planning and resource management consultancy. Director Hamish Firth was on the telly last night saying the RMA has had more additions than the Edmunds cookbook, each one more complex than the last. He joins me now. Good morning to you, Hamish. Good morning, Kerry. Would you say you were cautiously optimistic about the changes? I'd start by saying we need reform. Mm -hmm. Um, By the time you've patched a patch and put a patch over another patch, then you realise it's not going to work. So it's probably best we start again. Um, I suppose I'm slightly sceptical. We've had a number of, in the last 18 months, national policy statements come out that cover these sort of things at a large sort of regional scale. And some of their workability has actually made what we do harder and more difficult. Yes, I can't imagine there'll ever be a time where you'll be out of work, even if this is simplified a little or made better. Yeah, and I suppose for us, being at the coalface every day, uh, the problems we have is that we can deal with one council planner who looks at something one way and another council planner who looks at something a different way. That uh, delay isn't so much in real dollar terms. So you may not pay more in a, in in, in in a cash payment to the council, it'll just result in significant time delays. So our problem is a subjectivity and an inconsistency at that grassroots or ground floor level. And really that comes back to productivity, the productivity of our country. Mm. So whether mm. you're expanding a salmon farm, whether you are looking sleepyhead down at Ohinidao, taking, you know, having a regional council who objected to what was the development of fantastic industry on yeah. flat lands, uh, or whether it's um, you as a homeowner wanting to put a, you know, a rear extension, all of these come back to our productivity. And I would say that one of the biggest complaints people have isn't so much the cost of them getting a consent, it's the uncertainty and it's the time it takes. Yes, and you're quite right about the interpretive dance from the different council planners who do interpret it a different way each time, which is teeth-grindingly frustrating. And what we also find is that those good planners, and there are some good ones in council, often also get frustrated and then they go and leave and go and work for a consultancy. Yeah, and you can understand why. Is it the difference between regions too that that makes a difference? Look, if I look back to our time in Auckland when we had to deal with seven or eight different district plans, you had Franklin and you had Rodney and Manukau, it was frustrating that we had different sets of rules that really tried to achieve the same outcome. So we now have an Auckland unitary plan, and I tell you what, there is consistency from Welsford to Maraitai, from, from Murawai to Waiuku. So for us, that's, that having a consistent set of rules is a, across a regions is, would be a very good start. So with the government saying that they're looking at putting a directional framework across the country, do you... Is there any chance that it will be like the unitary plan, bringing some kind of consistency across the country? Because yeah, think... you would still have to allow for regional interpretations because their, their requirements are not going to be the same. 
No, and uh, I, I think that's very true. But if we need medium intensity residential housing, it's probably going to look similar in Whangarei City as it is in Palmerston North. Yeah. Um, uh, Urbanisation led to sort of section size around 500, 600, 700 square metres throughout the whole of um, central and regional New Zealand. Well, let's have a consistent type of approach. It can be nuanced, but it, it can be consistent. So I think the reduction of, say, 100 district plans down to 15 unitary plans has real merit because it allows you to go into an area and know that the rules are consistent across a region. When it comes to the Tanifa tax, is this, does this, or the, the new rules, make it more clear and more consistent and allow the use of common sense? Kerry, that's a very difficult <laughs> question to answer um, and probably one that I'd prefer to sidestep at this time. <laughs> well, I can understand, but it's, yeah, I mean, I've, I, on the one hand, you've got Ward Carmo, who did his postdoctorate in the Resource Man- Management Act, saying it's borderline racist that people feel they have to consult with Māori on absolutely everything and that common sense should be used and he welcomed the use of it. But looking at the the, the importance of te ao Māori within the RMA, it looks like it <laughs> looks like there's still going to be a degree of interpretation there. Yeah, so if I, I, I can, I'll comment at that level. So let's yeah. say we're talking about disposal of stormwater. Yeah. I think if we brought in, uh, what we're looking for is the quality of water that then gets charged to our streams and our creeks and ultimately out to the sea or our lakes. So if we could have an understanding at an engineering level of what we need to provide and then a quality level that is quantitative, so it's easy to understand, and yep. that's the standard we have to meet, I think no one minds if that involves more filters, um, more yep. systems to ensure that the quality of water is, is okay, that's good. But what we, we don't want is that the rules get written each and every time and that. So we, we want a consistency of um, approach and delegation for those matters across the board. The second thing we want, and I suppose it comes back to a, a, an Auckland way, is that we have to consult with between 11 and 13 iwi each time who each have a different understanding and um, interpretation. Um, And many times we have to do a unique cultural impact report for each one of those. What? Um, It would be good that there was either a delegation or... Mm. um, An iwi unitary plan. Yeah, or something that's a bit more simplistic. Mm. Um, Whilst not um, uh, degradating or um, disrespecting the process. So it can be at times frustrating, it can be at times slow, um, and it can at times be, um, there can be opposing forces within um, Mm. the commentaries we get back. God, that would, yeah, 11 to 13 would, yes. That would be difficult, each with their own interpretation. Um, a Texas Paul says, uh, can you ask Hamish how much the last man standing liability affects council decision making? Uh, I'll put it to a different way. That's a building consent matter, and that might be leaky right. homes, or it might be how we're dealing with um, uh, th- them being the, the liability. And, you know, I have views on that that say that uh, builders should take insurance, architects should take insurance so that council doesn't have that 
um, that isn't that last man standing. But from an RMA point of view, what, what you've got to look at is that council planners uh, who have to decide and interpret the rules and then make recommendations, they don't get prizes for going out on a limb. They don't mm. get prizes for um, climbing to Everest without oxygen. So, so the issue you've got is you've got to drag them towards this finish line, um, that it's all going to be okay. And what we find is most of the time it is. So unless you, um, unless you uh, are brave and courageous, nothing gets done. And that could be sleepy head. If you look at the mm. Auckland Museum, it would never be built today or it would be a real battle because no one in council is going to say this is a great idea because if you put your head above the parapet, often it gets shot off and, yeah. and you don't get a reward for it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be passed into, into law. Have you any idea whether this is another one that National will repeal or will it tinker with it or will it just leave it alone? I think it's very difficult to repeal because yeah. you've got to have an alternative plan exactly. in its place. These, these things take a long time to put together. Uh, and, and I would hope that what if we get a change in government, what they do is they come down and say, what was the problem? Each time they tried to fix the RMA, it was because of the same problem. It was too unwieldy. It took too long. It was too costly. And it never fixed it. If they came down to the coalface and realised that the problem is a subjectivity and an inconsistency of decision-making and no urgency. So if we don't make a decision on time, there is no, from council's point of view, there's no real punishment. No one gets fired. No one gets disciplined. No one gets taken out the back. Um, so if we could have new law, uh, new rules, less district plans, a consistency of approach, and an easy-to-understand and less interpretive system, and then we had consequences for not delivering on time, that would be the changes that a new government could make. Thank you so much for your expertise on this. I really do appreciate it, Hamish. Uh, Hamish Firth, Director of Mount Hobson Group, a specialist urban planning and resource management consultancy.